So check this out, man. Here we go. <laughs> check this out. Oh, so re- recently, a Rhode Island state representative made some comments <laughs> about critical race theory, right? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. said she's been pushing a lot of uh, anti-critical race theory policies in the Rhode Island State House. And she tweeted the other day, I had a black friend. I liked her. And I think she liked me too, but now she's hostile and unpleasant. I am sure I didn't do anything to her except be white. Is that what teachers and our political leaders really want our society to be like? Divide us because of our skin color? And then here comes the black woman's response. Black women in the state house, black people across the politicians that know her came out quickly and was like, this bitch ain't got no black friends. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> they roasted the but fuck out. I heard of somebody. Well, I heard someone from the. I heard someone from the grill found the black friend. They, they, nah, they there was, no, it was a woman that she she's a representative in the state house that was retweeted to her. I, I um that basically she was the black friend, but she was she was not. She, she was, was not. making fun of her because she's like she knows that 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 tweet came from a conversation that she had with her or a series of tweets that she and this black representative <coughs> were having on social media. So she yeah. wasn't oh, she was like friend. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't really the black friend. But she's been getting roasted this whole time. And maybe we're like, first and foremost, outside of folks like us, that we actually follow this stuff because we follow this stuff, regular black people are not having conversations around their dinner table talking about fucking critical race theory. No. We've got bigger fish to fry in the black. Hold on, we're also not sitting around our table, our table having conversations about white people. <laughs> yes, yes, Elgin, that is also very accurate. <laughs> we're not just sitting around our table talking about random white people, random white people, for no, for no reason. <laughs> Hey, did you see what Karen had on today? No, that's not no, how. Fuck works. Karen. Why is she in this conversation? Pass me the chicken, not, motherfucker. What's that's wrong not, with that's you? not how it works. That's not how it works. So somebody, and somebody said something very similar. It's like we knew that shit was a lie. Black people ain't sitting around fucking talking about you hating you because you did fucking critical race theory. Shut the fuck up. But you, but, I but you use that as an excuse to try to attack something. That is not even taking place. It's like people getting mad at Santa Claus. Like people going in front of the state house and saying, you know, the hell with Santa. We know what because Santa doesn't exist. You're literally fighting over something that is not fucking taking place. Kids are not they're not being taught critical no race. One, theory. No one, yeah, it's not no this one. hidden movement to all of a sudden subject your kids to something that you are not even familiar with. Like you can't. I, well, this it blows my mind, bro. I don't it, it is mind blowing, man. And it, it ultimately just boils down to it's embarrassing white people trying to whitewash history. Like I'm looking at, there was a story immediately following this whole kerfuffle about how Oklahoma is trying to take. 
any book relating to Martin Luther King out of the school system. If there's somebody that, that's trying to push a bill to do that, to not take that it, it is passed, but somebody to take it all out because they try because the teachings, as much as King was trying to hopefully live to see a time when people will be judged on the content of their character, not their skin color, there was a whole lot of shit that happened to King prior to that to that speech. It, it wasn't all rainbows and puppies, and white people were doing some terrible Standard, shit. Let's man. not forget. White people, as much as they they, once, they purport to love Martin Luther King now, you forget that white people killed Martin Luther King. So yeah, yeah. Us, what's going? White people were. Why are you trying? To, I don't know why they're trying to hide their hands. Were trying to hide their bloody hands. Bill, trying to hide their bloody hands. That 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 is the best <laughs> way I could have ever. White people stay trying to trying to hide their bloody hide hands. Head. No, hide their bloody hands. Their bloody ass hands. Oh, shit, dog. No. It was just it was just fascinating me just to see how black Twitter and the black and black politicians that are typically quiet came out to eat this lady alive. It's like, oh, don't don't talk that bullshit. We know you're not about that. So stay stay in your lane. Please. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh -oh. What's up? Uh -oh. What's up? What is up? Back once again. It is the incredible in the black podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who do have white friends, but don't need to talk about them in public. Do, is that do you? I, I, I am very cordial with a lot of white people. Yeah. Shit, I'm cordial with the mailman, but we ain't friends. Fuck you, me. Like, I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. But you know, I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of my school board. Crush, say what's up. What's good, everybody? Happy New Year. <laughs> I'm cordial with the L. Say what's up, nigga. Shit, I mean. Okay. Hi guys. How are you? Hi. I did. I did. I said hi. 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 Hi everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God, I hate you. If you are checking this out on YouTube, make sure you finesse that subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up button as well. It goes a long way. And check out PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But if you want to become part of the family, L, please tell these folks how they can do that, man. Hey man, it's the end of the year, so we have been making this huge push to try to get our Patreon numbers, our followers up. Uh, we really, really need your help. Uh, before I even go to the website, one of the things, that, one of the ways that really can help get the word out about what we're doing here is to share our content. When you see our content on social media, it's wonderful for you to share it. But even more wonderful is to share and tag some of your friends. Tag some of the people who you know would be interested in hearing intelligent, funny discourse about the state of black life across the diaspora. That's what In the Black Podcast does here. So on to the website. <clears throat> in one of these corners, on my screen, that happens to be the right corner. Uh, click the Become Family tab. There's a number of things that you can do. I'm going to highlight three. You can buy swag. You can send us cash app. You can donate directly to us. Dollar sign in the black PT, PDCST. Or you can become a member of our Patreon. And there's some dope shit that you can get with our Patreon, man. You can actually get access to shit that no one else gets access to before we do. I mean, listen, some of the shit that we 
you want to be a Patreon. Like, you want. You think we say some wild shit on the show? <laughs> that off the cuff shit? That, that. Don't listen to it around your mama, though. Okay. <laughs> Actually, listen, listen to it around your mama, because your mama might be a hood. So she, you know, she might be a thug. She might like that shit. But anyway, become a member of Patreon, number of tiers, or you can just donate swag, t shirts, mugs, hoodies, toilet paper. We got it all. Come through. Thank, thank you, Elgin, for that rousing uh, rendition. Of, hey, man, I'm here for the introduction. Bro. I see, I see you quite, quite clearly. Quite clearly. So, we are going to finish off our last episode of the year 2021 with a black box letter. And this black box letter this evening is actually a pretty, once again, relatively interesting. Um, I had a conversation with a gentleman. Uh, a young brother, he's about 31, 32 years old, and he has been through some things within the past year, and I was trying to, for lack of a better description, trying to talk him off the wall, because he was talking oh, some sure. of that quote-unquote incel shit. I think he's just mm. fed up with the dating scene, women, relationships, all that sort of thing. So, right. essentially, he would, we're just going to call... <laughs> We're going to call him um, Felipe, okay? We'll call him Felipe. That's not his real name, of course. We're just calling him Felipe. Okay. And Fel Felipe's 31 from Chicago. He's a uh, IT engineer. <clears throat> and he was in a five-year relationship with a woman that he met when he was in college, when he went to the University of uh, Northwestern. Went to Northwestern University in Chicago. Yeah. So he went to college, he was in there for maybe about a year and some change, but he found out the college wasn't for him. But before he left or dropped out of college, he had met this woman through some acquaintances, mutual acquaintances of his. So another interesting part of it, it goes back to our off the cuff segment. He also joined the military and was like, well, you know, I don't have any real job prospects out of this. I want to join the work field, but I need something to fall back on. I need some stability. Sure. He had already been dating this woman at the time, though. So he's dating this woman. And then he's like, well, you know, I'm out in the work field. Things are not looking the way I want them to look. I think my best bet, at least to make sure I don't waste my life, is to join the military. So he joins the Air Force. So you know he has to have some brains on him to join the Air Force, first and foremost. Yeah. But he joins the Air Force. Jeez. And they did not get they did not get married. But their relationship came to an, a head when he found out by a text message that for the past two years that Jody was seeing his wife while he was gone. For those of you who don't know, Jody's the military term for the random dude that's beating up, beat, blowing your wife's back out when you're on deployment or away from home. Mm -hmm. So for two years during this five-year relationship, Jody was blowing his wife's back out. And she didn't say word one and how we found out. So, of course, they separate. So, he's now talking that... Um, he's now talking that black women this, black women that, American black women, American women in general, he's about to leave and go to Thailand. He's about to leave and go to some other place. So, because they treat you better over there and all this other stuff. And, I'm, and the, the conversation that I was having with him was... One, people are people wherever you go. Well, let me let me take a step back. This, well, let, let me take a step back. Let me take a step back. Given the conversation or how I've described this conversation so far, 
right? What do you guys think or what advice would you give him off the cuff? Just based, based on what I just told you. Go see a fucking therapist? I'll yeah, man. go see it. No, okay, but hold on. No, I'll okay, unpack go it and go, go, I'll go, go a little ahead. deeper. Okay. Go see a therapist to actually address the actual underlying issues that are causing you to feel the way that you do towards a whole group of people, right? You have this this feeling towards black women or women in general that's not just based off of the actions of one particular woman or black women in general, but it has a lot to do with early rejection, late bloomer, having a difficult time finding a mate. Then when you actually find a mate, you put yourself in a horrible ass situation because you don't take your mate with you. You don't have the right conversations with your mate and you end up leaving your mate at the whims of being involved with somebody else. And instead of you handling that in an adult like fashion, you take out the rage that you was already carrying out on her. And now you're taking it on everybody else. I say, go see a fucking therapist, work out that shit in the therapist first before you start dating anyone else. And that's not just to be disrespectful or mean or malicious to you, but I think you have some underlying trauma issues that you really need to resolve. And I wish I was your therapist because we would have some great conversation because most of the situations that you find yourself in is your fucking fault. You got to be able to navigate take some responsibility for some of the actions and some of the decisions and shit that you made first of all going to the fucking air force let's start with that one like if you want to go to you a, you a <laughs> hater anyway dog you a hater anyway dog. but no but I, I just you go to the military and you're away from your spouse what do you say away from your spouse for two years you didn't take your wife with you no i don't think it was he, that he was away from her for two years my understanding is that as he was going on these small deployments for three, six months over the course of their relationship, that she found someone to fill in the gaps when he was away. So was three this months a, when was he was away, a random dude? In. Was this a random dude? Was this an old flame? What? Because those okay, are questions so he, that I think that's, that's very good. And I, I, I asked him, was was she just? I was. I'm not trying. Was to she just fucking you? Like, yeah. yeah. Was she just bumping uglies with just anybody that she could get her hands on, or was? Yeah. Or was? Or was she? Or yeah. was? Or was it one particular person? Because that speaks a lot mm -hmm. to the reasoning. Or, or sure, least, it changes things for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Crush? I mean, in general, you know, those attitudes that he's trying to uh, hold on to now aren't healthy, and uh, really just set yourself up for more failure. I mean, you think you might you might be devising a solution for yourself by judging, you know, by 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 summarily judging the characteristics of you know a whole a whole set of people, um, but you're really setting yourself up for more failure. Um, you know, you're not creating, an, you know, it gives you a false sense of security to generalize um, your you know, generalize your grief over the death of your relationship, um, and grief takes many forms, unfortunately. Um, it can be a turn to bitterness, and that's what we, and which is hard to avoid, you know, when you when you feel that you should be married, that you should have kids, along with the career and everything else. When you feel like things aren't in place the way they need to be, but you have to learn how to be swift and changeable with your life, and to be and to be just as swift and changeable with your with your emotions, and you know, and, and really take a hard look at your own emotional intelligence, you know, as you as you move forward here. 
Um, you know, but like, like I said, seek a therapist. You know, what I'm saying, take a hard look at what at the role you're playing. You know, um, in, in these relationships, um, because more often than not, you know, we think we're being the good guy. You know, but you know what? You know, but how everyone interprets what love is, it can be very different. And what you know, what you, you may have thought that you were giving, but actually maybe you were just posing. Mm-hmm. I was telling him that I hope that he. I was trying to ask him the conversations that he had prior, because you know, my initial thought was, you know, you just joining the military is not just something that you do willy nilly. Typically, it's not right. There's sure, yeah. there's a lot of it. Sh- it shouldn't be at all. You got to do this should be some soul searching and some heavy thinking before you join the service. And if you're in a relationship, you would hope or assume that you would have that conversation with your partner to make sure that, hey, this is not something that's going to be small or part time. Like this is a big, big change. So I asked him whether or not he had had that conversation with her prior to since they were already in the relationship. And he wasn't really clear. He's like, yeah, we talked about it. And at the time she seemed okay, but the way he was answering it made me feel like that was a com- that was a conversation that was left incomplete, right? So then I asked him, I said, okay, have you ever just thought about the fact that maybe you dodged a bullet though? Because he was saying how they talked about being married and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, so you know that there's a lot of paperwork that goes into being married. And you could be in a situation now where she's walked away with half. And you found that out. Or you could have had, had a kid with her. And, and, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. And I think he and like I said, I like the fact that you said the dodge the bullet component because it's not just dodge a bullet from the standpoint that he could be tied to her financially or have a child with her, but he could have been in a relationship where there was some long term uh mental and emotional you know difficulties that they end up having because clearly there's some unresolved issues that more than likely both of them had right Mm -hmm. because if she's out having multiple you know flings while he's away she has some issues that she should work through she needed to deal with And, and if she's messing with one dude she also that that's a conversation those again it goes back to this idea of folks having conversations when you're involved intimately with people whether it be you know someone you're actually physically intimate with or in an intimate space with having the type of environment where you can have those conversations and say hey listen man you know if you go over to deployment for six to nine months uh i like it a lot so we got to figure something out while you're gone uh, you go do what you want to do while you're there. Mm-hmm. When you get back, you don't ask me no questions. I ask you no questions. We tell each other no lies. Mm-hmm. However mm-hmm. you guys decide to work it out, whatever you cultivate. Mm-hmm. But you just can't go away with the assumption. And, and again, these are, you know, I'm speculating here. But I, I think there could have been some broader conversations, some deeper conversations that they could have had before they went away. Did you have a conversation with her to let her know? that you were going into the military, that that was yeah. a possible option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I dig it. I dig. I understand the pain. Big is boot camp, bro, and getting your heart broken. It is nothing like it because the world don't stop. You still got to get up at six. You still got to go to PT. Reveille happens. Reveille happens. You still got go to you still gotta go to the rifle. Don't Nick. give a fuck. Like, they probably don't like you anyway, so they, bro. Nigga, they looking, for every reason, they looking for every reason for you to fail. 
and you don't even want to read the other letters that you get after you get that and one. Don't that let one them know her name. Oh, nigga, because you know what's gonna happen. They go put that shit in the in the cadence when you guys go marching. Uh, you gonna <laughs> be wiping tears trying to keep up. Oh my Dog. god. So so when I was talking to him, I said, dude, listen, I know your pain, man. But at the same time, like I said, you dodged a bullet, man. You don't have nothing that's tying you to where you can go about your way. And I think that one of the biggest parts about it also is that your presumption is that you're gonna to go to another country where you believe that men are treated quote unquote like men. And right. you wanna what if you what if you find a woman that one woman in that country that pulls another power move like that too? Then what because the reality of it is, I mean, that you're not going over there and they're not treating men like men. They're going over there and they're treating Americans different than their fellow countrymen. Foreigners. Because, yeah. foreigners oh, because they believe that Americans have substantial more resources than and, uh, their fellow countrymen. And, uh, and, like, and, that treatment, and that treatment is for a limited time only. Until that money runs out. At, at, at one point, at one point, there's going to be some elder wondering why you haven't assimilated yourself into the culture fully. Like, why have you distributed the wealth throughout the rest of this clan that you choose to be a part of? Yeah, so yeah, that, 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 treat, that, that, that treatment Phil, Phil, you, you is for like, a limited like time. Only. Experience. What the oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about other gentlemen that I've witnessed who have not you know, you call get involved to the game. In me, I dodge all them bullets, bro. You don't put a baby in one of them Filipino women out in San Diego. You don't marry one of them right away. And all 25 of their brothers, uncles, and, and, and nephews. The cultural, and the cultural. And say, hold on, bro. The culture part would kill them. The culture part would kill most dudes. The culture part would kill most dudes. So, Facts. Yeah, man. Facts. That changes. That change is not. It's not a small. So thing, I'm right? glad to be a child of yeah. immigrants, man. I'm used to acting. I'm used to acting selfish. I'm good. In a relationship, like us, bro. I wish someone would have told my young 18 year old ass when I went in, bro. Go in single. Mm. Because if you don't go in, if you don't like go in single. When you get in there, it's only going to take a little short time for you to be single. No. It's like going to jail. Literally, it's the same. Yeah, price. yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, that's actually almost well, the same. I'm telling you, it's, it's practically the same. I think you better practically let her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're out of sight too long. You're out of sight too long. You're okay, too far so away. You're too far away. Too long. Listen, listen. So this is the reason why I really wanted to bring in this conversation. He's explaining his situation to me, and I guess when you start getting into your feelings or you get into that mindset you start doing searches online and there are people that fill in the gap to fill in those to reinforce some of the feelings that you have so he found someone the dude the, he found a youtube page and it's called zoom to thailand okay and it's about this black dude that left la and has now been living in thailand for the past two or three years and in his videos, he never really disrespects black women outright, mm -hmm. but he often says over and over about how the mindset of these Thai women are different than American women, how they Thai women allow you to be a man. They treat you so well and X, Y, and Z. And it just, 
it made me feel some sort of way. And I don't blame the dude. His name is Richie, the guy that does the page. I don't blame him for finding his own hustle and finding a, you know, finding his own niche. Everybody's got some, you got to eat somehow, right? But that you fill in the gap and you, you kind of poisoning the well, for lack of a better description, right? Because you got dudes out here like this, instead of giving them real advice, you got Richie talking about his life. And you got guys who are like, shit, I went through this relationship. Richie's right. Black women, American women are trash. I got to leave the country to go find what I need to find. Like, man, any any know. black man who has to leave the country to find a woman who doesn't give them some sort of, uh, not necessarily pushback, but some resistance and something to stand up against. Like, they ain't going to let you walk all over them. They ain't going to let you mm -hmm. do a whole bunch of fuck shit. Mm -hmm. Any black man who often says they don't want that type of woman, I don't think they grew up in black culture. Like, right? I don't think they grew up around black people. I don't think, because I think that's black men know, and it's not a negative about black women. I think that's something that black men require in our mates because we know we can do some reckless wild shit we know we need some woman to corral us to keep us from think about your own wives you chose your wife partly because she has the ability to tame the monster within yeah. i mean and I, because I without her without her yeah no i mean you know i mean i i knew i knew early on that you know i knew i, I mean i guess i, I don't know if i necessarily, necessarily I made you. a pass a judgment on black american women but i knew that i was relating more and becoming more attracted to women from my own culture or cultures adjacent to the one that i was growing up with you know um you know uh from you know from jamaican women to guyanese women to obviously haitian women you know i, I think I, I had a chance to enjoy the diaspora and realize there's definitely a definite difference in my regard and taste for black american women versus women of women born of immigrants yeah. I, I think that's another that's question that you need to ask too is like right. what does being a man what does her allowing you to be a man look like does that mean and why does somebody got to allow to be a man? I mean, I mean, how does she prevent you from being a man? These are all good questions. These are all good questions. What does that mean? Because like most, most, most women wants you to be a man. So why would she prevent that? Why would she stop? Why would she impede that? Meaning that you know, I guess because you, I think ultimately, what it boils down to is these conformity to these traditional roles, right? Being the provider exclusively, her yeah, being I mean, the, the home taker. There might be a misalignment being... on definitions of, of manhood maybe, there, maybe. you know, you know, but you know, like, but if he feels that, you know, you try to impede your manhood, I mean, you know, that, that that's unusual. Listen, that's there's unusual. over 350 million people in the United States, right? Right. More than 50, I think it's almost 52, 52, 53, almost 53% of those are women. You can't tell me that out of all those women here in the United States, you can't find one that fits your desire look, of look, a woman like Look, that's what it is. Believe me, there's plenty. There is plenty. Facts, facts. There's plenty. No, 
you know, just gotta change your setting. You know what I'm saying? Get yourself together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I said, open. Yeah. The dude, like, the dude, don't, that, don't the dude that's Thailand, though, bro. Thailand. I mean, come on, man. This the stigma. The stigma is no, just terrible. Why, why no, do I say no Thailand all of a sudden? The stigma is terrible, man. The stigma is terrible. But hold like on. Why are you going? Hold on. Why are you going to a non? You're going to a land that has nothing connecting you to the culture that you've been familiar with. Why would you choose Thailand out of all of the places to go in the world? What is it about Thailand that attracts you to that particular place? I think, you, just, I think you just answered the question. I think I think, yeah, I think, I think there's a subtext the here that we may have to move on. I think on. it's a separation from the culture. I think it's a separation from the culture. That but you've, that, what that, you've that, seen that, I mean, if you want to separate from the culture, go go to Europe, man. Go to go to go to go to go to, go to, go to London, man. Sure. Go to London. Go to Africa. Move, move to Florida. Shit. I mean, you want to? Oh yeah, that, there's no culture down there. That's a, that's a, that's a, okay. whole, that's a whole different. That's a whole different dimension. That's L, whole different dimension. The world, huh? Crush, crush. You just you just took L's spot in the. You just don't want nobody to listen to the show. You're just gonna shoot shots. All right, crush. Go ahead. Let's let's move on to the next subject. Go ahead. Oh crush. man, I found a very interesting next? topic to end the year with because um, I think it's something we can all easily relate to, and something that has become. Uh, you know, very apparent, um, especially in my personal experience um, being a homeowner right now. Um, but an article in The Insider uh, has a new headline saying that earning six figures isn't enough to buy the American dream anymore. And according to their analysis, a uh, $100,000 salary, now middle class, is no longer enough to buy the symbols of the American dream. Uh, the house, the education, and children have all become way more expensive and exceeding uh, income increases. Uh, and now high earners are embracing their own version of the good life and creating a new American dream. Um, you know, I can definitely say from experience that, you know, my wife and I are, are, are in the midst of uh, getting our house renovated and um, we're almost done. Um, but the hard reality is, is that we cannot find the home that we want um, mm. right now. Um, and, you know, she does not want to keep going farther and farther out into Maryland. Uh, to find that because she doesn't want to be that removed from the city. Um, but, uh, and, you know, there was even talk of, you know, being in tra- being in, in transition in a condo or something. And I'm like, no, I think we'll be stuck in that condo for like <laughs> like five years trying to find the home one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that and the decision to have children, um, you know, looking at what some of my, uh, my, some of my you know, new parents are going through, um, and the, 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 the cost for childcare, uh, the age that I'm at now, you know, uh, my parents are no longer with me. Um, so they're no longer here to support or enjoy those, the, the grandchildren that we plan to have, uh, for them. Um, and these are hard realities that, you know, hard decisions that I think I'm definitely clearly not alone in making. And, uh, especially, you know, it makes me wonder about the decisions that, you know, your children may be, may, may be making as they come up. And it may be very different from the ones that we were taught to go, very different goals than what we were taught to go for when we came up, you know, the home, the kids, the education. I mean, I'll tell you right now, like, as far as education, I still have regrets for not taking a gap year. You know, I have regrets mm. for listening to my parents that hard about education, education, education. Yeah, but all I got now, I didn't, you know, half of us don't get the career we want from in the system anyway. Mm-hmm. So we all we get is a big, a big ass bill that we carry yes. into our senior years. Yes. Um, and, you know, it makes you wonder what is life in America? What is the American dream? 
So I'll yeah. definitely like to, you know, because, you know, expenses are going up. I mean, this pandemic isn't helping the situation. It's, you know, it's going to, the pandemic is definitely going to affect us culturally as well as economically. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in terms of our attitudes towards having children, our attitudes towards owning homes. Um, so, mm -hmm. you know, what do you guys think? I mean, are, are your attitudes different? Do you notice different attitudes in your children towards mm -hmm. different kinds of goals that you mm -hmm. didn't think would that you didn't even think would be there? You know, uh, when we were coming up, like I didn't, I didn't think I would be going for that versus this. You know, mm -hmm. I'm seeing that a little bit in some people's kids and stuff. They're going for different things, and their and their and their and their benchmarks are a little bit different than mine. And mm -hmm. I'm getting I'm getting used to it because I'm like mm -hmm. I'm looking at the environment, the world around them, and I can understand if they're not necessarily trying to just go straight to college or buy a single buy a single family home or you know get married you know in four years. I mean. So, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, is, is it going to get? It looks like things are just going to get harder in terms of li mm, living mm, here. So, mm. go ahead, Al. I think it's indicative, man, of where we are currently in America, uh, particularly as a people. I think we're beginning to see more and more, particularly young people, are beginning to wake up more and more to just how bad things are, right? Uh, from a financial standpoint not just not having the money to do things such as buy houses and things like that, but even when they do have the money, not willing to put it in to those sorts of things. Like they, they want to hold it tighter and hold it closer uh, out of fear of not always having it. So I think it's, I think it's fascinating to see the evolution of this. Cause right. We for years have been taught that, part of you know the american dream within black culture is you know graduate high school without any kids go to college get yourself a nice degree a well-paying job or government job and then to be able to marry have kids and then to buy a home like that's been the american the black american dream for so years but i think based off of what we're seeing with the pandemic what we're seeing with trumpism all those things, I think we are beginning to see a new type of, I don't want to use the word revolution, but a definitely a different type of thought process in regards to how we navigate these things. So someone who has a, a child who's 25, you know, when she begins to have those conversations about, you know, home ownership and buying things and buying stocks and doing these things. Professional these, fulfillment. It's 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 a different type of exactly. It's a different yeah. type of conversation than when I was coming up. And well, yeah. to be honest with you, I didn't have anyone to have those conversations with me, but I can have those conversations, you know, that are more about happiness, fulfillment enjoying life the shortness of life but also maintaining a healthy balance of you know okay you want to put something away for a rainy day and rainy days always show up the motherfuckers is coming you know what i mean but at the same time also being able to live and i think that's something different than what we are the generation pretty much probably before us right the older generation didn't do it was all about rainy days and of course we understand the why it was all about rainy days. And I think we're the culture that is beginning to have a little bit of balance, but this new, these younger folks, I just think it's a different time. And I think it's wise for people to 
not hop right into these type of huge life decisions that have may have some benefits but have profound consequences if shit doesn't go right so i just think it's a, a matter of culture i think it's a matter of where we are uh and it's something that me and my wife talk about all the time like buying properties buying houses being involved in, in all these things it's like uh, is that the goal yeah, now? is that the goal is that yeah you know, is that you know but we've been conditioned to think generational wealth this is the way that we do it this is how what does generational wealth mean now? I'm like it, it doesn't have the same ring that it right. once had like a house now eh, it might be a place for y'all motherfuckers to stay but if y'all can't afford the upkeep and the taxes <laughs> it ain't a weird place for them and, to stay. And if you, and, <laughs> and if you can't sell it for if you can't, if you can't sell it for the price you want, then you're going to be in that house yeah, alone in that house in that region in that state until it gets until it gets gentrified, until, and then you know you can have Tom and Karen buy your house. But you know, I I mean, there's, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of uh, you know the variables that go into that. You know, but it's I find it very interesting that you know. Uh, I, I, I definitely sense um, a lot of innovation in the future, and I just want to keep an I keep a completely open mind to whatever my niece and nephew, you know, <laughs> are going to tell me that they want that they want out of life, a little, or whatever my kid is going to tell me, you know, that they want out of life versus what, versus what my parents told me to go after, you know, because I knew, you know, I, I know the mistakes I made, you know, and uh, I would hate for them, but then again. You know the variables, the environment that they're going to be in. You know, so I'm going to be learning that along with them. I mean, I, it's a little nerve wracking. You know, the, the child care is so out of reach for so many people, or that Bro. child care alone will turn off a couple from having children. Yeah, and yeah. and we all know, gentlemen, that that's the, that the government hates that shit. True, <laughs> the government because they want you to produce what more labor, yeah, more workers, yeah, more, more labor. Yeah. So they they hate that shit. They hate that shit. They hate it. Yeah, that's maybe, that's why, that's, maybe that's why they're being stingy with the tax credit. Yeah. I don't know. You know, in 2019, they did a study at the beginning of that year, basically saying the exact same thing, that to live in Washington, D.C., and this was a huge deal. It was all over the place at the time. That Chocolate City, which was one of the poorest cities in the nation for a very long time, like once you get outside of the the, uh, the boundaries of like K Street and Georgetown and Potomac area, you get into the real D.C., it was one of the poorest areas in the nation. That all of a sudden, 2019, they said for you to live as a single person in Washington, D.C., you need to be making close to $105,000 a year. That was in 2019. Inflation, because of the pandemic, has been a bastard. So who knows what that is now? Probably about uh, 20, 15, 20. Yeah, some, somewhere uh, like that. 15, 20 grand more than that now. Right. But it makes sense that it's no longer Chocolate City then, right? It's it's a very it's a very interesting it's a, that's a whole other conversation. But yeah, uh, I'm thinking to, so. I say all of that to say this: the way we like like L's already said, the way we look at financial well being from when our parents and our parents' parents has completely changed. The advent of the internet is part of that as well. And me as a parent, I know sometimes I have to take a step back from that old Nigerian mentality, because I know my parents, 
I thought I was going to go to law school because growing up, all I heard from my parents was that you were going to be a lawyer. I took the LSAT, the whole nine. I had even gotten acceptance into Davis and Clark. And I thought I was going to go to law school. And I didn't. Many things happened between then or because of that that I didn't go into law school. But ultimately, my background is in sociology and anthropological studies. I've been working in IT for the past almost 15 years. So I don't even use the degree that I fucking, you know, went to school yeah. for. But culturally, mm-hmm. that would have been seen as something that's not, that's a downfall, right? Even though you can t- probably find a thousand cab drivers here in the D.C. area that went to school for broadcasting, business, and finance. And like I said, they've been driving cabs all the the, 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 the entirety of their life. But I look at my kids and I think to myself how I don't want to be that type of parent, right? My kids came to me at one point and they were like, yeah, they want to be YouTubers. I know that were my parents when I was growing up. I'm like, what type of nonsense is that? Man, if you don't get the hell out of my face. You don't get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, and, and my initial and, and my initial thought when they said it like that, that old African in me popped. I was like, what? like I didn't verbalize it to them, but I, in my head, I was like, what? And then I had to take a step back. I was like, why can't they? Like, what is stopping them from doing this? There's not like there's no there's no financial benefit to being a YouTuber. I think that year when they were talking, and they weren't even they weren't even benotes to this, unbeknownst to them, the highest grossing person on YouTube was somebody that was like eight years old that reviewed toys. Yep. And he's making like $600,000 a year. Is. Still is. I know when I was growing up, I played football in high school and my parents, they they didn't even want me to play football in high school. They're like, what are you going to get out of playing football? Like, do you know the odds of you playing football and making it to NBA? Go read your books and go be do something with your life. Don't waste your time. No one. And now I'm looking, I was just joking with my wife literally this past week. I see all of these African and Nigerian names on these football teams. And I was like, yo, they're on the come up. Like, and I wish that that was the issue when I was growing up, but I was happy to see these kids, the mentality of these parents and these kids. Like, like you can go out there and you can be happy, successful, financially successful and happy in a multitude of different ways. You don't have to be pigeonholed into one particular thing. Yeah. One of the things that I recently did, and this is not to tout myself, but just to say that, I'm trying to intentionally break the cycle. My parents, my wife's parents, the way their thinking was, similar to what Elle just described, was that you go to school, you get a good paying job, you save if you're working for the government, whoever you're working for, you get a pension, you retire, you raise a family, all of those things. Not telling you that the roadmap to financial success or financial well-being has varying branches, varying roads that you can take at any point in time. And I had a family meeting last night with my in-laws and my, my, my wife's kids and our, everybody, right? And we're just talking. I was like, okay, I know that we all are relatively successful at what we do. However you want to categorize that. We make decent money. But you don't become wealthy or build a better foundation for those people that are looking at us or looking behind us by just working a nine to five. Even if you're not leaving the financial benefits behind, are you leaving the education behind? 
and we had like an hour-long conversation about the stock market versus investing in property versus the combination of the two versus why putting your money in savings and just leaving it in savings doesn't really benefit you, how you need to use your money. We had a very deep conversation and we walked away collectively from that conversation like, damn, this is a lot more than we've been told for a very long time. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I, I wish, I think all of us can collectively say that we wish that we did know what tomorrow brings, but I know that us, men like us, having conversations like this to try and change the thinking of what happiness looks like, financial well-being looks like, changing the thoughts of what family looks like yeah. is, a, is a good thing. Yeah. You can't parent out, and I, well, I, can't, I won't say you can't, but I know so many people who parent out of fear Right, mm. you, every move that you make for your children is parenting them to prevent something that you're not quite sure that is going to take place. So you live this life full of anxiety and do stress that you ultimately pass down to your children in the way that you love them, the way you discipline them, the way you rear them. So you cultivate this environment that is toxic, essentially. That no one, this idea of us just putting these unhealthy boundaries on our children because our parents did it, because their parents did it to them, is is not fair, right? You got to begin to actually address and ask the question. So why did our parents do that to us? Why did their parents do them to them? And basically, for most part, particularly within American, Black American culture, it was out of fear. It was to make sure that their children were safe and they in some cases that they actually were able to live listen i'm gonna tell you a quick story and then we'll move on to to your to our next topic um my dad's my dad's brother or one of my dad's brothers right um mm -hmm. separate from his dad's side right mm -hmm. has a had a grandfather that lived with them and this was back in the 50s before nigeria got its independence so you know, mm -hmm. white people are romping and stomping world uh, all over the place, and <laughs> just like just like in the United States, you had to be quote unquote very uh, thoughtful about where you were, mm -hmm. how you spoke, and so on. Mm -hmm. So part of their rearing, part of their rearing, this dude he would wake up at like four o'clock in the morning, get the kids up so that he could go to work and the kids would go to school, and he had twelve of them, and this mm -hmm. is what he did. He would beat all 12 of them in the morning before he would leave to go to work. And the reason, and the reasoning behind that was, I know you did something that I didn't catch you doing, so I'm going to get you for it now. Because if you don't know to curtail and get yourself in line now, you're going to go out there into the world and the Onyibo, that's what they call them. Onyibo is like white, jargon for white people. He's going to catch you, and it's going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. Not right. knowing, of course, how many years afterwards the white people were going to leave <laughs> leave Nigeria, but you you get what I'm saying. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, of, like yeah, you said, yeah. out of fear, like let me yeah. let me let me do this. And can you imagine, as a kid, you live in your best life as best as you could possibly live it, <laughs> and you go you catch you catch an ass whooping every fucking morning. <laughs> out of fear to try and make sure that you do 
so you don't get yourself in a position where nobody can save you. I can laugh about it now because I I wouldn't do that to my child. But in hearing it, I took a step back and was like, "Shit, That's I've I've come stage. a long I, I've you. come a long way. Even my parents have come a long way." Cause it's not like I caught beatings every fucking morning. You know what I'm saying? It's like they they knew that there was something not right. You know what I'm saying? But Beat every morning, nigga. God, when I heard when, man, when I heard the shit, it seized my it seized my heart. You know me. I'm fucking up. Morning. I'm going. I'm, I'm going reckless. I'm. I know you. I know anyway, you are. I know you. I know. Bro, I'm, like, I'm about as well fuck some shit up. What? I'm already. <laughs> it's too late. I'm already catching ass with it anyway. I might sure. as well. As soon as I know I deserve I'm it. I'm going to shit on the neighbor's lawn right away. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, L. What's, what's next on deck, man? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we, we have a number of conversations here often uh, in regards to police corruption, police violence, police brutality, uh, white terrorism via police. We have those conversations often. And at the height of the George Floyd rebellions that were taking place across the country, you heard the chants getting louder and louder for defunding. Uh, defunding was one of the rallying cries for many of the organizers on the street calling for a defunding of the police, right? For years, there's been a number of people behind the scenes from uh, great activists and, and, and such as George Jackson uh, on down the line who are calling for an ab you know the abolishment of the system. And there's still the same calls for that. But in the height of all these calls, you have cities such as Chicago uh, recently, and now we have Atlanta who are putting in huge training facilities within their city limits. Atlanta, Atlanta just approved $90 million for what is called Cop City by most of the activists there, sitting on over 300 acres of forest, forest land. Imagine a local city council overwhelmingly approving a proposal that about 90 8% of the residents local to the area oppose. That's exactly what happened on September 8th when the Atlanta City Council signed off on an over $90 million militarized police training facility that sits on nearly 400 acres of farthest land. It's known by activists as Cop City, and renderings of it reveal a mock city complete with shooting ranges space for weapons and explosion testing and burning building tests. Welcome to America. Also, ladies and gentlemen, within Atlanta, Atlanta's homeless rate, right? Atlanta has probably, I think the last numbers I looked at was roughly 3,200 homeless. And let me say that numbered homeless, meaning counted. These are actual people that were counted. 3,200. And I'm going to probably guesstimate that it's probably double that within Atlanta. You actually just gave this city $90 million to build a cop city to train 
more police officers. And Atlanta happens to be for all you Negroes out there. This is your Wakanda, right? This is this is the black Mecca. This is where you know, <laughs> hey, you want to make it in America as black man, you want to go oh, to Atlanta because no, Atlanta ain't shit the same way in all of these other all these cities and states cities that yeah. are democratic run, black leadership led cities. Full of shit. Full of shit. Ninety million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I put that in there. Oh, I, I did. I did. Cause and, the, and did you see? Did you see the mayor's statement about this? That's the shit that got me so. They're going to be the guardians of the community, the guardians, the guardians of the community. Are you serious? So, so when they kill, when they, when they start killing children again, you're going to you're going to justify that, right, Mayor Bottoms? You're going to justify that. Okay. Good old. When they start killing. They start killing these kids left and right for nothing. No, I mean, you know, the, they have a uh, state-funded, uh, county-funded, uh, all-paids resort that they can go to after they do that. Dude, uh, Georgia ranks Georgia ranks 30th in education, 42nd in poverty, 41st in uh, health care. You've got a lot more things you could have spent that motherfucking ninety million dollars. More cops. Why? Why? I hate to be that dude, but I really gotta ask the question though. Like r- real talk. I was under the impression <laughs> that the beginning or the, the summer of 2020 was supposed to be the awakening of what police what living in the police state looks like, right? that we should now recognize that, okay, even if you want to be as generous as possible to the police, that we recognize that the police in our communities are overworked and that those resources, some of those resources should be taken from the police and given to people that can actually affect them. So putting money back into homeless sheltering, putting money back into mental health, all of these things. But instead, we see case and report after report after case of more police officers getting more money or these institutions getting more money. And I'm thinking to myself, how is that supposed to fix the problem? Yeah, how is that? You're doing exactly what they've been asking what, you for for all of these years prior to 2020 when you... What is the plan? What, what, what part of the plan? That's my main question. What part of the fucking plan is this? What part of the plan is this? Please, I want to see a diorama. I was going to break have to break that shit down because I really don't understand this. What's, shit. What's not, what part of the, no plan part of the plan is this? And when they There's start no killing, mm. but again, the, the, the right. larger it's, it's a number of layers to this, right? When you have ninety eight percent of the people who live in the local area they said that they don't nine, want it, they, they do no want it. That your city elected officials. Say fuck what y'all want, and we're going to put this up anyway. And again, I mentioned that it's Democratic run intentionally because I think that needs to be highlighted, but also that Atlanta has had black leadership in the political spots for as long as I've been damn near alive. So again, it goes back to so many different things. This is $90 million that they could be putting to actually 
eradicate many of the issues that lead to having law enforcement encounters, right? So if you put more jobs, if you actually gave more jobs, if you created actual living wage jobs, you wouldn't need nearly as many police officers as you need. You put money into mental health. You wouldn't need them to come out and escalate and the situations. I, and I'm like, you know, if you put I'm, it into I'm, education, we wouldn't have these same problems. I'm like, where, where where are all these new police officers going? All these brand new police officers, where are they going? Where are they coming from? The, the to 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 fully the fully man and enroll a facility the size of three hundred acres. Will you even be able to fill that motherfucker? 400 total. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't 400 because now, guess what? You're going to be able to use that cop city as a training hub for other police departments around the country. You've so now you, you'll actually be beginning to use that particular facility as a way to make money. Whoa. Yep. Bring and, the, and the lease, did you hear about the lease price? No. What was the lease price? I missed that. $10 a month. Excuse me, what? $10. A month for the facility. Cop City. Ten. Bro. There's a. It's right there in the article. I read it over the ten least, times. The least, you said ten dollars. Ten dollars. Yep. You mean ten dollars? Like a ten dollar bill? Yes. The lease on the land. Four hundred acre facility. Yep. The lease on the land was authorized by the council. Yo, what kind of? What kind of? What, what kind of? What kind of what kind of what kind of what kind of shell game con game are they pulling here? Like this is some this is some white bullshit of a whole different order. Like they said, fuck any. I mean, to ignore ninety eight percent of the of your population. Well, hold and on. Then, Not only and then yeah. grant the contract at ten dollars a month. You. But not only that, but mm. let's not forget the indigenous people. Yeah, right? I, that, oh, that yeah. was one of the most the environmental costs. The environmental yeah. costs, because apparently this facility is going to cost flooding. It's going to cost flooding. Fascinating, fascinating. It's going to cost because flooding. a lot of times Native Americans get left out of these, especially for where they're building it, get left out of these conversations. Yep. I was really, uh, it was interesting to see that they brought that up, but also interesting to see once again, or maybe it's not really interesting to see that they got steamrolled just as much as everybody else got steamrolled. They, I don't, and I doubt that they were included in that ninety-eight percent of the population of the county that said that they didn't want it. And I think the, I think the deeper dig or the knife, the further knife in the back, is not that ninety-eight percent of the people said they didn't want it, right? And they're still going to do it anyway. It's not Keisha Lance Bottoms coming out and talking about we're not training uh, the the Avengers of our community, but the 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 what do you what do you call it the, the, the guardians of our community. the guardians to you know to protect our community. So it's not even those stupid ass comments, which because she was on the front line with this damn George Floyd thing. Anyway, anyway, it's just yeah, she's stupid. But the the fact that after all of that, the remainder of the cost for this facility, one third of the cost of the facility, is Come being on. pushed to the taxpayers. So 90% don't want it, but you're going to make them pay the bill? Make them pay for it. Make them pay for it. And you really think, you really think we're going to be there for you in the next election. You what really think that? No, the Democratic Party is in is destroyed, annihilated, in the shitter. They're at the bottom of the outhouse now. It's over. The show's over. Everyone can go. We can all, we can all go home. The show is I over, Democrats. Right. It's over. The show is over. 
Keisha Rance Bottoms, the, the, the most embarrassing example of a black leadership I've ever seen in my fucking life. Well, you well, actually gonna trot yourself out there after George well, hold Floyd on. and say some in, bullshit about guarding the community? In, in, you destroy your Keisha, party. Your in party fairness to Keisha shit. Lance, in fairness to Keisha Lance Bottoms, she has resigned as mayor of Atlanta, and the person behind her, the black man that's coming behind her, that dude also was like, "Yeah, we want this shit. Yeah, too. we want this. bunch of fucking cowards." Yeah, but again, paid off cowards. It's a whole bunch of paid off cowards. It's a it's a different world, right? From where we sit as working class black people, our needs and material conditions are not the same as the motherfuckers who make the decisions. Decisions, you right? It's just not. So when you look at this and you read the article, and, and I've had conversations with activists and organizers in Atlanta who have been fighting this, they talk about some of the corporations and the companies. Because remember, Coke, Coca-Cola, they pulled out. But it was big news in Atlanta because they've been connected with where the Falcons and the Braves play, Coke notorious down south so a lot of these companies man are hits on it's just but the more important thing is when it comes to working class people's material conditions we have got to stop expecting these bourgeoisie motherfuckers to advocate or do what we need on our behalf because she's not thinking he's the new mayor's not thinking about what the working class poor are doing in that city she don't give a fuck about us she don't give a fuck about them 3200 homeless folks and that's the the reality that i think many of us have to come to grips with if they just don't they don't care about us the way that we think they should because we have the same skin tone also, Bye. because we, the, the Democrats also do have done too for a very long time a good job of creating these oh, social enough. issues oh, to oh. rally rally black people around. So we end up forgetting. It's like, okay, well, Darn. you can't trust the other guys because they don't like you. They don't. They don't. They they're the 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 party of the welfare queens. They're the ones that want to throw your brothers and sisters in jail. The X, Y, and Z, and all while they're signing they're signing these bills that are also doing the same thing. Same. Like, you're not going to tell work. me, hey, Joe Biden is going to look after or make sure that the George Floyd bill gets passed when he's the one that signed <laughs> the damn three. Then he's the one that created the uh, 90 crime bill. Like, it's hard. It's hard to work. He's not in office without Georgia. Like, Georgia is what it's, pushed us over the hump. This, that, this, this next election, this 2022 election, it's going to be so depressing. It's going to be very, very interesting to see where it goes. It's going to be depressing. I'm not doing shit. Because I want to watch all these motherfuckers fall like dominoes. I, yeah, I read, a, I read an article I'm not yesterday. doing shit the next election. I read an article yesterday about Kamala Harris talking to Fortune 500 company leaders about how they can reduce uh, poverty and elevate education in Central America so that people can stop coming across the border and so on, right? these This is what she did. She had these meetings, high-level meetings with these big timers and my first thought when reading the article was what do they have to do with central america and like like you didn't talk to people on the ground like why are you asking these people how you could what why are you actually you didn't ask them what they need why why and why the fuck are you in central america when your own why central america 
I, like I said, they're trying to they're trying to mitigate the the border crossing thing. So if you if you get ahead of it and make sure folks got what they need to not come across the border, then but at the same time, like you're you're asking Fortune 500 companies, these leaders of these businesses, you didn't talk to people on the ground to see what they needed just for them to stay that? where they're at, like because we're gonna tell you that we don't want the motherfuckers in our country. Get the get, first off. Yeah. Get that business out of our country that because they're killing the environment and a whole bunch of other shit. So let's get what? them out. What? Then, okay. While you're at it, you can leave right behind them uh, because we never come back. <laughs> never come back. Every time one of you motherfuckers touch ground, shit, war breaks war. out. War. <laughs> war breaks out. <laughs> y'all even y'all even look in our direction. And somebody's pulling out and 50 people on guns, ready to fight each other. <laughs> out of the sky. You know like, it's, right. it's raining AKs in this motherfucker. What the fuck? Don't let some little white girls start crying in your streets. Hillary <laughs> needs to Hillary needs to reel her in. They her and Hillary need to have a sit. Oh, hell yeah. That's, that's, that was another conversation. That's what I'm saying. That was another conversation I thought was wild. I was like, okay. Hillary's her Obi-Wan, apparently. You're trying to help. Yeah. You asking Hillary to lost two elections. Lost two elections. some policy and judgment. Like, that's going to be your advice? Like, come on, dog. Let's, let's, Instead let's, of maybe the black woman who managed to hang in there for eight years, um, <laughs> the black woman with the black man who hung in there for eight years. He's not taking those calls anymore. He stopped taking those calls a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to distance myself from Obama. I'm a different black. Yeah, she's black. Kamala's blocked, I think. Yeah. Kamala's black. All right. Right about now is the time we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take yourself into the week. Crush, what's up, man? Man, I just want to, you know, send a. You know, happy holidays and a merry new year to everyone. I want everyone to come into the new year with a with a positive attitude and, and a realistic outlook, and to you know to understand that um, you know as we've been wanting to do for our several episodes, just to remind you that the pandemic is still going on. Um, but that to uh, to be mindful, um, to be hopeful, to be smart. And uh, to to remember that you know we're we're in this together, regardless of this, uh, regardless of of our, of our current differences. Mm. Um, you know, I uh, and I want to say shout out to my sister April Watts for showing crazy love to our documentary um, on YouTube right now, um, and everyone who's leaving comments. Uh, so please uh, enjoy that documentary on YouTube right now. Fresh combos, DC hip hop oral history. Happy New Year! Oh, what's up? I, man, listen, I don't have anything really for anyone just to, besides to say, uh, be safe and do something for yourself the next couple of days to make yourself smile if you haven't done anything for yourself all year. I know we've been grinding. It, well, that would be my thing. I would say get out of grind culture. Okay. Mm. Don't get mm. caught up and live mm-hmm. in grind culture. Pull out of grind culture. Mm. Find mm. place to rest. Nigga, okay. that's easier said than done. You know how that is, man. And I know you're not talking. All the new ventures that you just started within the past fucking week and shit. Right. My damn. wife will tell you Talk. that. Listen. Matter of fact, she won't tell you. So let me take that out. Matter of fact, edit that shit because don't I ask my you. wife shit about me. 
<laughs> Damn it, she probably this motherfucker need to be asleep right now. I know, I know, I know, I know. Damn. What's up? What's up for me this week, man? And I hate to leave it off on a bad note, but okay, maybe I won't. Um, this week, unfortunately, uh, marked the death of a 14-year-old girl in uh, California. Police were called to a mall where a guy was beating up a random woman in the mall, and they came with uh, came with their guns ready. They did shoot and kill the assailant, but also in the process of shooting and killing this this assailant, uh, they sh- the stray bullets went through a wall and hit her in the dressing room, and she and her mother were hiding in the dressing room from the assailant that was going around beating these women. Uh, she would have celebrated her quinceanera next month, meaning she would have turned 15 years old. That's why she was there was shopping for shopping for her dress. And if you know Latino culture, specifically Mexican culture, you know how important quinceaneras are. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just heard the story and it really just had me thinking about the police state that we live in and like how we can what we can try and do to fix it because there's no reason why the young lady should have died especially because they, the guy they had, just like keep said, forcing police down our throat and more and more police yeah. every time we say stop they just double down on more more yeah. oh you, you want yeah. us to stop well give them I will, yeah. watch somebody is getting a billion yeah new york city will probably get a billion soon a billion dollars for nothing yeah well before we close it out, this is, like I said, this is the last episode on the second to last day of the year of 2021. Indeed. Crush, what things did you enjoy about this year of 2021, and what are you looking forward to in the new oh, year? Oh, man. Um, I really enjoyed, um, you know, uh, working on this, uh, this documentary with my people this year. It was very uh, quite the experience. Um, I, I learned a lot about the arts and humanities, and what it takes to uh, to write a film and to be a part of one. Um, you know, I've I've really enjoyed uh, the time I've spent with my wife uh, during this pandemic. Um, you know, I mean, granted, you know, before and during the lockdown and after and everything, and getting used to life and and being cautious. You know, we only grew closer, and and uh, you know, we definitely. Uh, I think, you know, as tough as the uh, the deaths were, it was great to have her there by my side throughout all of it. Um, and, uh, you know, I granted, you know, there was a lot that uh, I guess I can't say I enjoyed, but I definitely endured, um, you know, like my mother's death and and my, uh, my father, uh, you know, having to, uh, you know, move to a different situation. Um, but uh, I am... Uh, more thankful, I guess. I guess I've enjoyed the clarity of thought I've had since then with those events, and learning to really uh, cherish the time I have with the people I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what do you look for the new year? year? Yeah. Oh, well, for the new year, I'm definitely looking forward to um, a lot of uh, new music. I've been working on a lot of new, a lot of music with uh, some great artists. Um, I'm looking forward to a little bit of travel. I'm looking forward to reconnecting with a lot of friends and being better with my phone habits. Uh, <laughs> reaching out to people, and um, you know, I'm looking. I'm just looking forward to a lot of reconnecting, um, you know, indulging in some real endeavors uh, to make some real coin out here and make some real headway in some uh, yeah. some other industries that I looked at for years. 
yeah, I look forward to uh, to some more exciting episodes of uh, within the, within the black, of course, no and, our, and all the guests that we're about to have this year. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Oh, what was the good? What are the high points of this year, and what are they? What are you looking forward to in the new year? Man, just the fact that my family was able to remain healthy in the midst of this pandemic, man. I think uh, I without even that. thinking too heavily or too deep about it, the fact that we, you know, dodged so far, you know, the Rona that's out here chasing black folks like white yep. people at a Klan rally. So we've been trying to, you know, I think that's the, the, the best thing that's happened all year, man. Mm, 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 mm. What are you looking forward to in the new year? Oh, man. Uh, You're a pessimistic motherfucker anyway, so you might not be looking forward to anything. But No, you know what? I, I'm I'm not. I mean, <laughs> yeah. no, actually, I am. <laughs> next, year, <This> motherfucker. <laughs> next year is going to be a, 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 a phenomenal year of growth in careers, uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, uh, moves, you know, graduations. I graduate this coming year, uh, major decisions about whether I'm not going to move forward to go with more degrees. Uh, you, think, Dr. You, you, can't, you think you can't deal with me now. You give me Dr. Bailey. Listen, you, <laughs> my fuck's watch out. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, man. That's it, man. A lot, a lot of good shit next year, man. A lot of great shit is happening. No Laid doubt. the foundation this year. Next year, we're gonna walk on that foundation. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Um, this year for me, man, I'm this year's been a very tough year. Um, a lot of things have happened. Lost a lot of people along the way. Yeah. A lot of soldiers were called home, had to put down their sword and their shield and were called to rest. And it, it people that impacted my life a lot. So I think the one thing that I would say I took away from this year of 2021 was to enjoy my family and the epiphany that I had of realizing, doing some real self-assessment, self-evaluation, who I am, who I want to be in the coming years and the relationships that I want to have with people. Um, what I'm looking forward to in the year of 2022 is similar to what Elle said. I've been trying to build a foundation for a while, and now it's time to see how it holds up and make sure to reinforce it if I need to, brace it up, and just see what builds from there. So, And we hope that we see you guys in the year, the new year as well. We wish peace and blessings on you guys and all your families. We thank you guys for sticking around with us throughout the entirety of 2021 through all of our shenanigans, all of the stories, all of the news, all of the foolishness. We appreciate and you. The, and the time off in between. Yeah, and, and, and the hiatuses <laughs> and all that other stuff. We really appreciate it. We want you to go ahead also follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST, Facebook, Twitter, nice. Instagram. Make sure you follow us also or come and join our Patreon. You will not regret it. And once again, we hope to see you in the new year. But until next time, as always, informed, Intelligent, intelligent in the black in the black this is this is the in the black podcast in the black bro hands down one of the best podcasts i ever heard though i like y'all what up i ever heard
brother black up me, Richard. Listen, in the black podcast, and your lad is all facts. He don't like that. The fall back in the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't raw. The whole whack. It falls intelligent elements, always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence. Resting in my excrement in the black podcast. The truth like the testament. Don't know black up me, bro. Man, a specialist. No what the podcast broadcast can't mess with this. Like said they my cheat, who no dweed so effortless I listen them, I learn, when them listen them, I benefit Reporting current event, everything that is prevalent This is so exquisite, a scientific experiment Giving you the news, not views without evidence Telling you the truth, sentiments without embellishments Relax, these are the facts, bringing them to your residence In your house or your tenement, listen to hear intelligence Body filled with melanin, power that's so unsettling Bright in the stars, bringing some light back to the desolate In the black podcast, that your land is all facts Black. I'm out. This is. This is. This is.